and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Monday, April 17th, 2023. I'm Mike Kachopoli. All right. How's everyone doing? How's everyone doing on this Monday night? I hope everyone had a great weekend. A great weekend. Okay. Everyone's thumbs up from great weekends. Everyone had a good weekend? Okay. Just want to make sure. Just want to make sure. All right. So what is there to talk about? Well, there's a lot to talk about. There really is. There really, you know, I always feel like I have to get the adrenaline going for the week because, you know, we're here Monday night and Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, so on and so forth. And weekend hits and it's like I slow down. Everything, everything slows down. I don't know what to do with my nights because I have no life. And when you have no life, that's what happens. Other people enjoy the weekends because they have things to do. They have things to do. Not me. Not me. So it's just chilling down and then, and then trying to get the engines going, going from like zero to a hundred. Why do we have to do that? I can go to, I can go zero to 60, right? I don't have to go right to a hundred miles an hour, but I'm so upset about so many things that it's not so hard. It's really not so hard to get to a hundred because I'm watching a lot of things happening over the weekend, right? I'm watching our cities become just nightmares, urban nightmares, right? Um, and it's to the point now where it's, it's incredibly annoying because, you know, people who live in Chicago or people who live in New York or like myself here in San Francisco, we know how dangerous it is. We know how the crime is getting worse. Now, look, I'm not saying, and I've never said on this show that it's like, every moment you're worried. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. There's, I don't think there's any place, unless you're in like a war zone, a true war zone, where you're worried every moment, you know, that something bad might happen. But the fact is that the quality of life has gone down to the point where, hey, look, I was uh, mildly, can you be mildly attacked? I think I was mildly attacked. Well, the reason why I say I was mildly attacked back in January is because look at what I'm seeing, right? Look at poor Bob Lee. Look at the uh, former fire commissioner who was knocked over the head with a, you know, with a, a, a pipe. So I was mildly attacked. It was nothing in comparison to what other people have gone through. But it's more than anyone should have to go through in a city, especially where city, the average rent is $3,3500. So that's the question you need to ask to these losers like London Breed uh, or, or Brandon Johnson in Chicago, who we'll get to in a minute. It's why should we pay this kind of money to live in this kind of a place? In other words, here, here, here's logic. Here's Mike Cachopoli logic. And I know that that does not compute when it comes to the democratic brain. But listen to this logic. Mike Cachopoli logic says, if you are living in a place where the average rent is three grand a month, it should be a better quality of life, not a worse, a better quality of life than a place where the average rent is, let's say, 1200 or 800 Now, follow me on this. I know this is difficult, not for this audience, but maybe for some, some liberals who might be listening in. Um, it's like a hotel. 
if you go to a $60 a night hotel, you don't expect the same quality as a $400 a night hotel. If you stay at a uh, Motel 6, you know what to expect, right? You don't expect a the 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 um let's say the Hilton, not even the Hilton, but Four Seasons, the Fairmont to be on the same level or worse than the Motel 6, right? Because you're paying more, so you expect a better experience. Within that hotel, you expect your quality of existence in that hotel to be better if it's 400 a night compared to $60 a night. Now, are you following my logic here? So if I'm living in a city like New York or San Francisco where the average rent is three to four grand a month, I expect it to be safer than a city where I'm paying $800 a month. Not less safe, but you see, that's the way it is. Republicans, Democrats, I'm sorry, Democrats, all the Democrats are good at these days, okay, is gaslighting, is taking exactly the way they are, taking their faults and making it look like it's your fault. Now, I'm not saying they're not good at it. They are because they're winning elections based on a campaign of gaslighting. This is Gavin Newsom's whole existence is gaslighting. It's going to Florida and saying, oh, it's better in California. What we're doing in California is real freedom. What you got here is authoritarianism and fascism when it's exactly the opposite. And proof of that are all the people that moved from California to Florida. So when you look at the numbers, like I said, like the numbers, like it's 3000 a month to live here, 800 a month to live in some other cities, especially, let's say, Republican-run cities. If you look at the actual numbers, you will see that people moved from California to Texas and Florida, not from Texas and Florida to California and New York. Okay? The facts are on our side. The, the facts are on the side of team reality. Let's not even call ourselves Republicans or libertarians. Let's call ourselves team reality. So the, the facts are on the side of team reality. It doesn't matter. The gaslighter takes those facts and turns them upside down and says, well, no, California's the better place to live. California's got true freedom, right? California's got the great economy. God. Uh, California has the great small businesses, the thriving, the thriving tourism, not Florida. Okay. And this is the gaslighting we're getting. So now the Democrats know their big weakness is crime. So now they're gaslighting and they're having, do you notice this lately now? Believe me, it's not a coincidence when you hear rumblings from the politicians, gaslighting from the politicians, and then soon after gaslighting in the, in the liberal run media the dnc owned media the government owned media starts echoing that so now we're seeing all these stories and once again this is not a coincidence that we're seeing all these stories in the news now of how oh let's compare crime in republican cities crime in republican cities is just as bad if not worse than democrat cities well no that's gaslighting like the senate wanting to hold hearings about crime in republican cities that's gaslighting that's doing that's taking their fault and trying to make it look like the faults of the republicans when of course it's not anyone with a fucking brain anyone who lives in these democrat run cities know they're shitholes. We know that. And the rest of the country knows it. But the Democrats will try to gaslight and make it look like their cities are safe and Republican cities are dangerous. Now, when they tell you, when the media starts writing these stories about and putting up their charts about crime in Republican cities, you need to look into those numbers and say, wait a minute. What about violent crime? Or 
uh, once again, I should I should correct myself. As I said last week, I believe all crime is violent. The most violent crime. Let's look at rape. Let's look at robbery. Let's look at burglaries. Let's look at looting. Let's look at murder. Let's look at that stuff. And let's compare that because what they'll do is, you know, in a lot of these Republican cities, what you have are like teenagers acting bad, not like the teenagers acted bad in Chicago, not violently. But, you know, maybe teenagers will go and they'll rob the liquor store or they'll rob the candy store, that kind of thing. There is plenty of that in Republican cities. There's drug use, right? Because there's nothing to do, really. There's a lot, there's not, not much, much in the way of, you know, of, uh, of uh, entertainment or not much in the way of, uh, you know, amenities in a lot of these smaller Republican cities. So when you go into the numbers, you'll see that violent crime, the most violent crime is much more prevalent in Democrat cities. OK, now we don't even need the numbers to tell us that we know that. We know that because we know people have moved from the Democrat-run cities in California to the Republican-run cities in Texas and Florida. We know that. That's a fact. Why? Did they move there because it's just as unsafe or it's less safe? No, they've moved there because the reality is it's more safe. It's more safe when it comes to the most violent crimes. But Democrats will try to gaslight and make it, make it actually look like and try to make people believe that it's safer to live in San Francisco than Boise, that it's safer to live in New York City than Omaha, Nebraska. They'll have people actually believing this because they are talking to idiots. And when they know they're talking to idiots, they know they could easily gaslight idiots. They can't gaslight us because we're not complete idiots. But they'll try the gaslighting because what else are they going to do? Are they just going to say, yep, that's it. Democrat run cities suck. Democrats fault. Of course not. They're not going to admit it. They're not going to say, oh, Democrat run states, uh, no jobs, no businesses, you know, no tourism, lots of homeless, our fault. They're not. They're going to say, oh, it's the it's the Demo- it's the Republican cities that are really bad. It's the cities people are flocking to that are really bad. Right. It's the it's the Republican run cities that are really bad. Not that don't believe what you see, what you feel, what you know, what you experience every day, what your friends tell you they experience every day. Don't believe any of that stuff. All of that stuff, what you hear, what you see, what you feel, what you believe is not true. Listen to us. Listen to us. So it's no shock now that you're going to start seeing this. Because what happens is the Democrats put the call out to their friends in the media, in the state-run media, like CBC and PBS and NBC and ABC and MSNBC, all the all that state-run media. Uh, I'm adding to the state-run media that that uh, Elon Musk already called out. They called out he called out CBC, BBC, PBS, NPR. I'm adding ABC. CBS, NBC to that list because they belong in that list. The word will go out from the DNC to their friends in the media saying, this is our new gaslighting campaign. We'd like to see some stories about how bad um, crime is in Republican cities. 
And so they'll say, yes, 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 sir. Yes, sir. Yes, big government, sir. Yes, government master, sir. And they will write those stories. So you'll see a lot of them now. You'll see a lot more stories, especially as the presidential campaign gets going of how how dangerous Republican cities are. And it's not real that Democrat cities are in worse shape. Not real at all. It's fake. And yet, what did we just see over the weekend? We saw teenagers rioting in Chicago. Once again, this is not the crime you see in Republican cities from teenagers. Because believe me, wait a minute, how about this? You don't think that the left, the extreme left DNC uh, 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 government-funded media would be on it immediately if there was this kind of rioting and looting in Republican-run cities? You don't think we'd be seeing all the images of it? The reason why we don't see them is because, well, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist, but it does exist in Democrat-run cities, which is why you will see images of this rioting and looting in Chicago, because that's where it happens. It doesn't happen in Boise. It doesn't happen in Salt Lake City. It doesn't happen in Omaha. It doesn't happen in Des Moines. It happens in Chicago. So what happened was there was more of this looting from uh, you know, teenagers and rioting, and the the incoming mayor was asked about it and what he did was what he was expected to do which was excuse the teenagers he said oh let's not uh, be too hard on them because they come from blah 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 the usual nonsense we get from the democrats okay the usual nonsense we get from especially uh, black leaders who were democrats which is oh they're oppressed they're repressed they're depressed they're oppressed they can't help it they are in a rage they're in a rage they're in a rage it's constant. I heard the same shit back in the 90s in New York before Rudy Giuliani took over. They're in a rage. They deserve to be in a rage because they've been oppressed and repressed and depressed and compressed. Enough of this crap. You blame the criminal. You don't coddle the criminal. You don't coddle the criminal. The first thing a mayor should do is say, well, yes, what they did was horribly wrong, and we're going to prosecute everyone we can find, everyone we have evidence on, to the fullest extent of the law. Then you can go on your uh, uh, bullshit about how, oh, don't blame the poor youth. The poor youth don't know what they're doing. The poor youth do this because they have nothing else they can do. There's nowhere for them. What did this moron say? There's nowhere for them to play. There's nowhere for them to play basketball. We saw this in New York in the 90s before Rudy Giuliani. This idea of opening up basketball courts at 2 in the morning, letting kids go basketball in playgrounds at 2 in the morning, which, of course, was fucking ridiculous and was just totally disruptive to the people pay- paying $4,000 a month to live in those cities. But this is the whole idea. Wasn't it called, what was it called, Midnight Basketball or something? It was some ridiculous name. And, of course, it didn't work and it didn't last, and Giuliani put the kibosh on it. But this was the same bullshit I heard in New York in the 90s. And believe me, I was right there, baby, because I was working at WABC Radio from 1990 to 1996. So I was right in the middle of it, okay? You can't fool me. I know the way it was. And we're back to that again times 10 times worse, 10 times worse. 
So, but the, you hear the same bullshit excuses from Democrats and black leaders that you heard in the 90s. And I'm sure, even though I was only a baby, a child, the same bullshit you heard in the 70s when crime was also bad in a lot of cities. Um, it's the same crap. Don't blame them. No, don't blame them. Blame the victim. In fact, the victim is the one who's to blame because we, we need to, we need to accept the beating. We need to accept the savagery from these people because we're whites and we're elitists and we're privileged and, and we've been holding them down for too long. So we, we deserve their wrath. That might sound ridiculous to you, what I just said, and it is, but it is what these people believe. They won't say those words exactly, but that is what they would believe. If they were given a pill where they had to tell the total truth, they would say what I just said. They would say exactly what I just said, but their policies say that they don't have to say those words. I'll say it. They don't have to say it because their policies say it where they are soft on the criminal. Okay. Where the victim gets no real justice. We're seeing it over and over again with these Soros backed DAs like Alvin Bragg, right? We're seeing it over and over again with these Soros backed mayors like, like Brandon Johnson, who were totally for defunding the police. Now, speaking of gaslighting, old Chucky Schumer, of course, did a, a great little song and dance, dance, dance light yesterday when he said that it was the Republicans who were at fault because they want to defund the FBI. Now, this is the most ridiculous gaslighting I've ever heard in my life, that the Republicans are the ones that don't want to fund the police. It's, it's, it's the Democrats who want to fund the police because these Republicans have been critical of the FBI. Schumer uses that to gaslight and say, oh, they want to defund these criminal justice agencies. It's so ridiculous, but it's expected from a guy like Chucky Schumer. It's expected from a guy like Chucky Schumer. Okay. And this is the, this is the, this is their campaign for the next year and a half. They cannot say anything positive because they've done nothing positive. Their cities are shitholes. Their shitties are urban fucking nightmares. So they've never done anything positive. They can't do anything positive. They can't say anything positive. So all they're going to do for the next year and a half is gaslight, okay? Is going to gaslight and try to create this alternate reality, this alternate universe, and make try to get as many ignorant lemmings to believe that gaslighting as is possible okay but once again we see that democratic voters don't want things to change even if it this is how sick the democrat cult is the cult of democrat is this is how sick it is and people can could play the game of equivocation all they want and say well mike no republicans are a cult too no not as bad no it's not because the democrats have created Cities where their lives are in danger, their actual existence is in danger. Their 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 grandparents. Democrats seem to care about old people so much when it comes to colds. Remember, you're going to kill your grandma. You're going to kill your grandpa. You can't see them for three fucking years because you're going to kill them. They were so concerned about that bullshit. Yet they don't seem to be concerned about their grandparents when it comes to crime. They don't. They're not concerned about their grandparents who live in major cities. Okay, who are the victims of crime all the time? They don't care about that. Older people are the most vulnerable when it comes to crime also. They kept on talking about, oh, the old people are so vulnerable when it comes to COVID, SARS-CoV-2-19. They were so into that 
but they don't seem to give a shit when it comes to the fact that old people are and always have been the most vulnerable when it comes to all kinds of crime across the board. Okay. All kinds of crime across the board. So they have created cities where it's unsafe for them and their loved ones and their friends and their parents and their grandparents to live. And they won't change because they can't break free from their cult of Democrat. That is a strong cult. That is a strong cult. Believe you me, if crime were bad, if it was really bad, the reality, not the smokescreen gaslighting reality, the Democrats and the government owned media want to tell us it is. But if crime was really bad in Republican run cities, Republicans wouldn't take it. And if it meant voting for a Democrat or an independent, they would do it. They would do it. But Democrats, their fucking lives are at stake. Their lives are at stake. And they cannot vote. Forget about voting for independent or Republican. That's way out there, right? That's way avant-garde for them. They won't even vote for a moderate Democrat. They vote after Lori Lightfoot destroyed their city. And they all agreed that Lori Lightfoot was shit. They elect someone who's eh, just as bad. Just as bad, if not worse. Just as bad, if not worse. A guy who is for defunding the police, who's on record, who's on record of defunding the police. Okay? Okay? Defunding the police. So the fact of the matter is they don't want things to change. They don't want things to change. So since they don't want things to change, things will not change. Things will not change because they can't break free of the cult of Democrat. They can't break free from, and I've said this many times before, they can't break free from the idea of identity politics, that that is so important. It's so important to elect someone because they are a black man or a black woman or a a trans person or a gay person or a bisexual person. They have to elect those people. They have to. That is more important than their own lives, than their own existence. I, I don't even I, – I'm not in that space psychologically. I'm not in that space psychologically. Maybe someone who has some of a background in psychology can tell me what, what it is, but I'm just not in the space to be able to understand that at all. And if you look at a lot of these people that are elected, they don't just – we talk, we talk about checking off boxes when it comes to wokeness or identity politics, and many of their people in office, they have that. They, they check off every single box. They check off every single fucking box when it comes to identity politics, right? Look at Kamala Harris. She checks off what? At least four boxes, right? She's got the black. She's got the woman. Isn't there some Native American in there somewhere? There's something else. She, she checks off a lot of the boxes, right? So this is what it's come down to. Look at what Gavin Newsom said when it comes to replacing, possibly if he has to, Diane Feinstein. Didn't he say he was going to uh, appoint a black woman? He didn't say I'd appoint the most qualified person. He didn't say I'm looking for someone who maybe has been in politics for a while who has this, 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 and this qualification. He said, no, I'm going to nominate a black woman. Now, there would have been a time when he would have been laughed out of the state for saying something like that. Not too long ago, in fact, not too long ago, he would have been laughed out of the state for saying something like that. Now, 
liberals embrace that. They embrace that. You know that uh, you go on Facebook or Twitter and you get that the emojis you can send. And there's one. It's like a person hugging a heart. Right. That's what he gets sent to him by liberals. A bunch of those hugging the heart emojis for saying something is fucking bat crap insane is, well, I'm going to make it a black woman. What do you do? Let's look once again. This is Mike's common sense. I know a lot of people, this won't, especially on the left, they won't get it. They won't understand this. They can't comprehend this. When you say I'm going to nominate, I'm going to appoint someone who's black or a black woman, or a, or a white guy, you're automatically eliminating about 95% of qualified people off the bat. What CEO of a company who wants to run a successful company, okay, would say something like that? Would any CEO say something? Would any CEO want to eliminate 95% of qualified applicants right off the bat? And only have 5% to look at? No, none of them. Who would want to do that? What normal thinking person, what normal thinking person would do such a thing? Well, I know we're talking about Gavin Newsom, so we're not talking about uh, normal people. But that's how bad crap crazy things have gone. That people say, we saw Biden say it, right, with, with VP. People say things like that. I'm going to appoint a black woman i'm going to appoint a trans black uh gay uh lesbian woman person (laughs) i know i've mixed a lot of things up there but this is how crazy it's gotten and people don't say wait a minute that's kind of crazy because i could think of 10 people off the top of my head who are really qualified but now they're out because you just said that no one says that anymore we're living in fucking insanity okay where a politician can say something like that and not only get away with it, but once again, be uh, embraced by so many people for saying that. That's the world we're living in. That's the world we're living in. And it's because when it comes to Democrats and the left, they have allowed the most extreme uh, section of their party to take over. Now, you heard this complaint from Democrats during the what the Tea Party era, right? Oh, the Republicans are letting the most extreme right wing take over their party. Yet look at what the Democrats have done. Look at what the Democrats have done. Look at the trans issue. We've discussed this before. That at best, the trans uh, trans people take up one half of one percent, zero point five percent of the population. That's at the most. Okay. Women are what, 49%, 50, 49, 50% of the population? Yet look at how the Democrats have allowed the trans people to totally stomp on women's rights. The one half of 1% they have allowed to stomp on the 50%. Now, why is that? You think about how is that? Because they've allowed the most extreme part of their party to take over. People will say, but Mike, that makes no sense. If it's only one half of 1%, there's not much voting power there. Aha, you're right. There's not much voting power there. But the problem is that all the other people in the Democratic Party believe that's important. They have been hijacked by the one half of 1% also. Believe me, Biden, and we'll talk about the bill, which he says he will veto, 
the veto, the bill that the Republicans want to put out there, which is going to not allow biological men or male. I know Daniel, Daniel wants to catch me on that. He doesn't like when I say biological male men, right? Men to compete in women's sports, men to dominate women's sports. Okay. Men to dominate women's sports. Biden is going to allow men to dominate women's sports. He's going to allow women's rights to be stomped all over by one half of 1% because he knows that Democrats' minds have been hijacked by these people, right? The overall, the overall, the majority of Democrats, okay? Their minds have been, have been uh, taken over. They've been, they've allowed that one half of 1% to dominate everything. So Biden knows that his party now is not just the extreme. It's not just the extremists he's got to worry about not voting for him if he doesn't veto such a thing. It's the majority of his party that he has to worry about. It's the majority of registered Democrats that he has to worry about being upset at him if he doesn't like men to dominate women in women's sports. That's how bad the Democratic Party has gotten. They've allowed this extreme fringe, mentally disturbed minority to take over their party. They've allowed this. So this is how bad the Democrats have become. This is literally how bad. Now, that's why I said with the with this stuff with trans and sports and all that, until women, until the 50 percent stand up and say, we're not going to take this anymore. We're not going to allow our rights to be stumped on. And let me tell you, uh, you know, those of you who don't know Daniel, we, we've had this discussion before where I've said things like biological men, biological women. And he said, no, no, that's the, that's the, the, the kind of verbiage they want. That's the language they want you to use. Just use men and women. So instill women. I think women should actually take a page from that playbook and say, we're not going to allow men, men to play in women's sports, okay, and stomp our, on our rights, take away our rights. We're not going to allow men to take away women's rights. That is the wording they need, okay, going forward with that campaign. That's the winning wording when it comes to that campaign. Not, not trans, not trans in women's sports, men. We're not going to allow men to find their way into competing in women's sports and taking away our rights and dominating us. OK, that's the way they need to talk about it, because you know what? That's the reality of it. These are men who are finding a way to compete in women's sports and beat them. That's what it's about. It's about male domination. Women need to stand up and say, we're not going to allow male domination in our sports anymore. That is the winning message. Okay. That's the way it has to be stated. And until though, until these women, until the 50% of this country, 175 roughly million people stand up and say, no, we're not allowing the one half of 1% of men who want to take over women's sports. We're not going to allow them to do that. That's not, that's not, our rights are more important. Okay. Our rights are more important. They need to do that because Micah Chopoli can do it all he wants. You know, Tucker Carlson can do it all he wants. 
Uh, Republicans can do it all they want. Every, we can all do this all we want. We can talk about common sense and reality and right from wrong. But until women across the spectrum, across the political spectrum, because it shouldn't matter when it comes to politics and party designation, until women stand up and say, we're not going to allow this anymore. It won't end. And this one half of 1% is going to continue to be able to dominate the conversation and get their way and get their way. Look, they've already got the president of the United States. Now, I know. I know. We're talking about Joe Biden. He's demented. He's a fool. We get it. But they still have right now until January 20th of, of 2025 when Ron DeSantis takes over. Right now, they still have the president of the United States on their side with the power to veto a bill to protect women's rights. And that's what they're doing. Biden is vetoing a bill that will protect women's rights. This is the way it needs to be stated in ad campaigns and sending out flyers and running commercials. You have to begin to dominate the language. If you dominate the language, you'll win. And the language is on our side. We know what these are. These are men. These are men. They're strong men who have found a way into women's sports. And this is a Shown by the, uh, the Leah Thomas, the swimmer, right? Leah Thomas, the swimmer, was a nothing ball when he, when he, when he was just competing where he should be in men's divisions. He was like, uh, it was average, right? I think he was like 90th, 95th, 100th, something like that. Then he, he takes over women's sports and he's first and he's destroying them all. It's no more obvious than that. Just point to that one case of a man who was just a middling swimmer in the men's division, found a way to sneak his way in this woke nut job society into the women's division and totally dominate them and take away their rights. Hey, domestic, haven't heard you from in a while. How's it? How are you, sir? Hanging in there. <laughs> I have a question to you in light of your thought-provoking observations. Thank you. Um, my question is this. How is that a group that's anomalous, a small group, and uh, no disrespect to trans, but they're not the norm. They're the, they're the exception. How do they go from being discriminated to being accepted to being celebrated? And what is there to stop them from putting blind people behind, uh, you know, behind wheel and driving our public transportation or, uh, you know, taking people in wheelchairs and maybe making them pilots? Like who's going to stop some other group from becoming more than it could conceivably be you mean just another fringe group or just any, any group let's say an objectively disadvantaged group let's say a disabled person and what will stop them from putting that disabled person in a place exactly where they're not supposed to be just like trans people in women's sports i don't know that's a that's a very good question that's a so i i think so you're talking about something extremely bizarre, like uh, a man, in other words, someone who's not disabled competing in like a disabled person's sports, like the, the Special Olympics? Yeah, I mean, if you think about the trans issue, it's pretty arbitrary that they specifically chose trans as this big civil rights issue. Uh, why, why is that the issue and not veterans or blind people or deaf people? Why aren't they celebrating them and putting them in every, I don't know. Well, 
I was watching Fox and Friends yesterday, and one of the hosts, I think his name is, uh, was, was it Will King? No, Pete Hexeth said he went to a uh, uh, a ball game, went to a, a ball game, and he went to a Yankee game the other day, and he was sitting, he was invited by the guy who killed Bin Laden. I think, do, you, do you remember the guy's name? The guy who actually shot Bin Laden, okay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he was invited to the game for a guy by the guy who shot Bin Laden. And they were there at the game, and they were noticing that no one was drinking Bud Light. And Bud Light's usually a pretty good seller at a ball game, at a sporting event. He noticed that the Bud Light bin was filled with beer, and people were drinking other things, artisan beers and cores and such. And he, he, he opined, he said, look, if Bud Light wanted to do this great ad campaign, why did they choose? Why did they choose Dylan Mulvaney over the guy who killed Bin Laden? You know, if you want to make any kind of political, I, I don't believe, and Pete said the same thing, I don't believe corporations should make any political statements. They should sell their product and shut the yeah. fuck up. But yeah. if you're going to try to make a political statement, if you're going to raise someone up and say, you know, we should adore this person, this is a great person, wouldn't you put the face of the guy who killed the person who, who did 9-11 over a 26-year-old guy who acts like a six-year-old girl? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why didn't they put the face of the guy who killed Bin Laden? Why didn't they kill? Why didn't they put his face on? Why do they choose these woke groups to praise before actual real Americans who have done good? What is it with these corporations that they feel they need to kowtow to such a small percentage of society? I don't. I don't understand. And once again, as I said last week, I. 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 I, I rarely, if ever see people at a gay bar drinking Bud Light ever. So did they, how do you not understand your audience? That's the, that's the first question I have. How do you, how do you misjudge your audience so badly? And I think we can all agree that we are disgusted with any type of pandering, with any type of uh, sleazy behavior in individuals and in companies, sleazy salesmanship, so they don't think it's transparent to us? Well, it is transparent because look at what happened. Their sales dropped. They lost about $5 billion, and they had to put out a very milquetoast apology, you know, where they pretended that the, the CEO and the people at the top had no idea what was happening. Do you buy that? Do you buy for a second that that kind of a campaign wouldn't have to be run by the people at the top? Of course it would. They're full of shit. They just use that as an excuse. Well, we didn't know. Then we, we, we found out about it and we put the kibosh on it, you know. But it's it's bullshit. It's, it's total bullshit. And this is what confounds me is that I thought today about, you know, gay pride parades and all this stuff, all these other events, you know, this History Month, Black History Month, Gay History Month. And I thought, you know uh, – once again, I've said this before, the T in LGBTQ it has kind of hijacked the the lesbian, gay, bisexual part of it, which was the whole point of it, right? It was the whole yeah. point of it was sexual orientation, not changing gender, okay? Yeah. That's a yeah. totally different planet. That's a totally different planet, okay? But they hijacked the rest of the organization and the community, if you will. And I thought to myself, okay, they spent all these years fighting. Fighting, fighting for rights, fighting for, for, you know, for getting married, fighting to be able to keep their job, to not get fired for being gay, to have equal rights, all this stuff that they fought for. And they won. They won. 
they fought. These are good things. I think many of us will agree that they were good things to fight for. Why do these groups, it's almost as though they're not happy unless they're fighting for something domestic. They always have, and if there's nothing to fight for, they'll make it up. They seem to never be... Well, Mike, when the society celebrates victimization uh, and talks about reparation, it's encouraging to fight, to, to to feel like a victim. And I think that your voice is very important because as someone who is gay, the last time I checked, no pun intended... Um, oh my God! What you just do? you just did what they you know you just did you did uh-huh. what um, do you remember that movie of oh shit what was it with uh, Kevin Klein In and Out In and Out uh-huh. which was based on the of uh, uh, the guy who won the Oscar right and yeah. he went up oh it was a uh, was it Matt Damon it was the guy who won the Oscar and went well in the movie Matt Damon plays the guy and he wins the Oscar and he he does his acceptance speech. Um, oh, it was Tom Hanks. It was Tom Hanks in the movie Philadelphia. It was based off of him going up and getting the Oscar and saying, um, you know, I want to dedicate this to my teacher, blah, 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 who's gay. Now, the real story goes that teacher was out. It wasn't a big deal. Everyone knew he was gay. But in the movie, the mm-hmm. teacher played by Kevin Klein is not out. And he doesn't even believe he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> and here you have the actor going up there and saying, I want to thank my teacher who's gay. And he brings him out of the closet. Eventually, I think if I remember the movie, Kevin Klein finally realizes that he is gay, you know, and all that. But that's the, this is a funny little aside, but look, I'll get you, I'll let you talk in a minute, but I have been in a few gay bars in my life and I have never, ever, ever seen anyone drinking Bud Light. I mean, that's just a fact. It's not, (laughs) it's not a big beer. In, in gay bars, it's a big beer in stadiums. It's a big beer in concerts. It's a it, it's not a big beer in the gay quote unquote community. So I don't understand what was going on. Now, what you're saying is is what I've said about women, right? Where actual women have to stand up and say, "Look, we don't. We're not going to take this. We're not going to take this intrusion into our rights, into our sports by." by this very, very small minority trans group. And like I say, I can scream about it. You can scream about it. Ron DeSantis can scream about it. Donald Trump can scream about it. Will not have the effect that it has when women, like like Riley Gaines, right, here in San Francisco, come out and say, we are not going to take our rights being stampled on it, being stamped on anymore. And I want to hear more women standing up for their rights. Yeah, and, the, and the frustrating part is that they stand up for other arguably less significant things like abortion. Well, I think it's less significant and they don't stand up when uh, it really matters. But what I wanted to say is your voice is very important because a lot of people still believe that just because someone is gay or lesbian, they necessarily agree with this lunacy. They don't realize that so many people like you do not want to be reduced to their sexual orientation as, and there is so much more to them than just that. Which is why I don't talk about it on this show. I don't mind you talking about it. I'm just joking. But I, that's why I don't talk about it on this show much. I, yeah. I think it's it's ridiculous. If you want, once again, I know this is Mike Kishopoli's common sense. If you want equality, you just blend in. Yep. You just yep. blend yep. in. And yep. if there's any specific issue that you feel you're not being treated properly, there are channels, there are lawyers, there is this trials, there's courts. There are ways to go about complaining if something happens to you and you believe you've been you've been it's because you're black or gay or whatever it may be 
that um, you know that you're right. Just stop talking about it, right? Just stop exactly. talking about. It. Stop bringing it up. Exactly. And, uh, But like it, you said, people yeah. love victimization. They love to be constantly victimized. They're always the victims, and I. This has got to be an exhausting way to live, domestic. To always be the victim and always be fighting, but in a way, psychologically, see this. This needs to be delved into the psychology of these people. They seem to need that in their lives to keep going. Once they have fought something that's worth fighting for and they win, not good enough. They have to find something else, and even if that's not a good fight, they have to fight it anyway. It's a psychological. Uh, yes, victimization is part of it, but the need to constantly fight and be in someone's face is is and push no, their way of life. Society encourages it. Society yeah. encourages it, so it's understandable where they're coming from. Well, society does encourage it. In the media, when you say society, I think a big part of that's the media. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the yeah. media encourages it. They cover it. They, you know, most of the media takes the side of these people, and and it's a. Uh, It's it's sad because there is no you can't I I do not have any equivocation between the gay community the gay the GLB part the gay lesbian bi part and the trans part I find there's no connection yeah and unfortunately the media and others especially democratic politicians will have us believe that these quote unquote trans rights fighting for these rights are the same as fighting for the rights of gay, lesbian, and bisexual people. And that's total, utter bullshit. First of all, I believe, and it's been that way for decades now, that the, the trans issue is a psychological issue. It's a psychological disorder. And uh, psychologists across this country, including the DSM, the, the, uh, the uh, Book of Psychological Disorders, has listed it as such uh, for a very long time for that reason. Because it is a psychological disorder, it is, and I think adults can do what they want. You know, once you get to eighteen, and, and people you decide, to, and because you want, call, yeah, go ahead. If you decide I want to cut my penis off at eighteen, if you decide I want to change at eighteen, I want to, uh, even though it's not possible, as Daniel has talked about many times, it's not possible to change your sex. You can't you can't change your sex? It's not possible. Uh, so, but if you decide you want to do, even if it's not. Even if it's crazy, if you're an adult, sure, go for it, absolutely. But not children, not children. Yeah, I was gonna say that people don't realize that just because you call it an anomaly or a psychological disorder doesn't mean you wish harm upon those people or you you agree with them being discriminated or being put down in some way all you're saying is that if a person is born with their body and their mind are not congruent they're not matching then that's a disorder maybe they need help maybe they need support maybe they need transitioning at some point but that doesn't mean that it should come at the expense of others well and i think All of these bills that Republicans want to put forth are all very common sense bills. There's nothing uh, what I what I what I would call authoritarian or fascist about any of them. When you say, "Well, someone who's not 18 should not be able to make these decisions," a child also should not be able to make any decisions without parental consent. Some places they don't believe parents should be able to do this to their children when they're under 18. All this stuff. There's also another bill going around where they want to simply. And I think this makes perfect sense. They want to simply have a, a a a waiting period. If someone wants to get a sex change, right, they want there to be a period where they where they have to go 
talk to a doctor. Yeah. You have to go to a licensed psychologist, talk everything through, and see if they really want to do it. In other words, it shouldn't just be, I want to do this tomorrow, I'm going to do it. They should have to go through a process where they're, they can talk to someone and they can work through all the psychological issues and see if this is really what they want. And to understand that once you go there, you can never, can never go back. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, to have this waiting period. Well, you know, it reminds me, uh, when you buy a gun in California, you have to come back 10 days later to pick it Mm -hmm. up, right? So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's done for that reason, right? To make you think about it, right? Yeah. To make you decide, do I really want to, you know, that's what they call a cooling down thing. Someone could be mad. I think that's why they did it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To avoid the compulsive murders. Right. I'm going to be angry. I'm I'm angry at someone. I'm going to get my revenge. I'm going to buy that gun. Well, then you go there and you apply, but then you got to come back 10 days later when you've had time to cool down. I think they call it that, don't they? Like the cooling down period. Yeah, yeah, cooling off period. Yeah. Right. So if we're going to have that for guns, shouldn't we have that for like, you know, chopping your, you know, what off? <laughs> you know, I think we also have that for divorce. You know, before you sign a divorce decree, there is a waiting period because they want to see if you will reconcile to in many, in many states or in many countries. Daniel just said, I said sex change. You know, he's very, he's very tough on me when it comes to the language around this. <laughs> Daniel, didn't I just say you can't change your sex? How many times did I say that, Daniel? I said you can't change your sex, but that's what they call it. That's what they call yeah. it. Mike, Mike, thanks for having me. I think Karthik is waiting. So uh, Yeah, Karthik's going to come on and ask me what I've been talking about for the past hour. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Domestic, thanks for the call. I Thank you. It. Thank All you. Right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Let's uh, go to Karthik. Hey, Karthik, how are you doing? Uh, well, usually I say what are you even talking about if I call the end of the show. This is more like middle well, this is mid-show, so let me yes, guess, you're going to say... Usually I say, you know, uh, what's on your mind. Yeah, you, so now in the middle of the show, I guess you'll say, what have you been talking about, and what are you going to talk about later, right? Yeah, yes. oh, well, my, okay, I, I think the reason why in the past some people might have said sex change was like, I feel like in, 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 uh, before like the last seven, eight years, like people used to use the term sex and gender you know, interchangeably. That's why you would hear sex change, but now they're seen as different. Um, I'm guessing that's why sex change is, you know, not considered correct anymore. Right, because well, as Daniel has said, you just you you can't change your sex. Yeah, you can't change your sex. Correct. You know, you just think you can't. You might think you can, but that's a psychological. Well, no, issue. people don't don't really say sex change anymore. I think the official term now is like gender reassignment surgery. But, but Daniel's like, going to tell you it was even worse language. That's just you know what. Yeah, yeah see, uh, it's cosmetic surgery. Yeah, right. a lot of this doesn't make yeah. sense. That's yeah. true. It doesn't. Um, yeah, yeah some of this is definitely crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mike. So, uh, what's on your mind, man? <laughs> what have I been talking about? You, you know, you say that as though I haven't been talking about anything. Well, dude, I've been talking not, my like, ass off for the last fifty minutes. I, I'm not like you know. Daniel or whatever other people. I, I just wait here for an hour plus. You know, I, I got shit to do. Well, you put a put a thing in your ear, and you can do business while you're listening. We have that now. You know, you can actually put a wireless piece in your ear. And you can listen to something while you're no, doing other I, shows. No, I don't really like to uh, double task. Like if I'm doing something, you know, I, I you know, I, I don't even like listening to music at the gym or any shit like that. Really? No. It doesn't. It doesn't help you work out the rhythm. No, I, I don't know. It's just not for me. I guess maybe, uh, maybe, may, may, maybe I'm not human. You know, I, I might be the uh, next stage of evolution. You know, could be. Maybe could, I'm could. not a, a, a Homo sapien. Yeah. 
What'd you say? You say did you say did you say something about homosexuals? What you just no, no, I said I know what you said. Listen, here's the thing, Karthik. How, how's crime in your city where you are? I know um, you won't tell us exactly where, but in your undisclosed location. Like me personally, I've never like been a victim of any crime here. I don't think. Um, so I guess I'm lucky. I, I don't know. But you you live in that city, so you you know you have a feel for how things are, right? Yeah, I mean it's not too bad. Like I I don't think like I I I don't hear stories of like nonstop crime like is reported in where where you live in San Francisco. No, no, you live in Southern California. Right? Yeah, but not Los Angeles. Ah, see now we're getting closer. See, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting closer to where you live. But no, if you're in Southern California, but you're not in LA. Then you probably are in a lower crime city, even if it's San Diego. You know, it's a lower crime city than 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 most cities. I guess San Diego's, but San Diego technically is not really. It's not very democratic, is it? It's not that blue because it's, it's it's pretty military, isn't it? Um, from what I understand, yes, there are some military bases in San Diego. Well, what I'm saying is the the population is not as liberal as let's say San Francisco or New York. Well, it's tough to get more liberal than San Francisco. Yeah, right. No, for sure. But that military element, I think, makes it a little bit more conservative. That's we don't we don't have that military element here, you know, or in New York that you have in uh, in in San, in San Diego. Is, you know? is there a, a lot of? Uh, did you say there's lots of military bases in New York? No, there are no in New York City. Where are the no, military bases? I think so. I thought upstate you New York state. they have some. Yeah, yeah state, but yeah. not in, not in the not in the city. Not down, not downstate, you know that's for sure. Yeah. So, but, uh, um, what, when are you moving to Florida, man? I, I thought you would have gone to Florida by now. Uh, eventually, that's my next stop. That's my next stop. Florida will be my next. You know, I've lived in. Let me see. Okay, I've lived in New York. That's where I'm from. I've lived in Las Vegas. I've lived in Arizona, northern and southern Arizona. I've oh. lived in Seattle. I've lived in Las Vegas. I've lived in Montreal. I'm trying to think. Have I lived anywhere else? I spent a decent amount of time in Chicago. Never lived in Chicago officially, but decent amount of time when it was a better city. Uh, so I've been around, you know. But so I, this is it. My next stop will be Florida. Why don't you go to uh, Phoenix? That's a great city, I hear. I've lived in Phoenix, but I, Phoenix is not a great city anymore. I mean, it, it's becoming much more liberal now. Oh, I mean, okay. Arizona's slipping away from the Republicans. So Phoenix is becoming because you have all these people who are moving, like all these people who are sick of uh, the cold weather in New York and sick of the cold weather in the upper Midwest. And they're all Perfect. liberals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In California, where we live. Yeah. And they, and they go to Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix used to be a we're talking about not even that long ago, man, 15 years, 20 years, staunchly Republican city, staunchly. Republican. I mean, come on. It's the city of Goldwater, right? Of John McCain. So it was staunchly Republican, but not anymore. Yeah. Super, uh, very strongly, you know, solid red. Yeah. It's the same situation of of these liberals moving away from the cities they hate because Democrats run it to the ground. Then they move to a nice city and they fucking ruin it. That's the problem. What they need to do is move to Arizona, Texas, Florida, but then also change their political views, right? They need to change parties, right? You're running away from the Democrats and then you just make more Democrats in the place you move to. I don't really understand that. But that that's why a lot of these people, these conservatives in like California, uh, Arizona, Texas, and Florida are loath to have these people move there 
because they don't want those people to ruin their cities. You know, so. Well, uh, is it good that Florida is becoming more red? It is becoming more red. It, you know, once again. Isn't, I'm saying, isn't that good for you? Isn't that what you it's want? It's become more red under Ron DeSantis, okay? So they love Ron DeSantis. We don't know. We don't know. Hopefully, this is the case. But we don't know if that's going to continue when other people run for office there. Let's say one runs to Sanders as president. Will the next Republican who runs for governor also win by a million and a half votes? Probably not. Because, once again, that's the question about Florida. Is it totally Republican now or is it just DeSantis Republican? That is yet to be seen. Not many people talking about that. But just four years ago, it was a it was a, you know purple state you know just four years ago DeSantis won by like 0.4 percent so yeah, he beat that guy I forgot right. him I I think he was the uh, Gillum yeah. Gillum in fact there's a story there's some trial that's about to start with Gillum some corruption trial but if you remember he was also found like passed out on the floor in vomit yeah, it was like with like a gay hooker and like it, it was like cocaine on the floor. Yeah, it was something. like a sex drug party. You know, it was funny, and and he acted like, oh, he has no idea how the cocaine got there or whatever, or or how the hooker got there. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, he was. I, I he fell asleep. Wife. He fell asleep, and everyone just brought in drugs and hookers after he fell asleep. Yeah, no, it's I just... thought it was just one hooker, but no, yeah, and he also has a wife, so I'm sure that must have been uh, inconvenient for him. Well, you know, because that story seemed to dominate everything, I didn't realize it. But here, uh, Gillum uh, is now, let's see, co-defendant, former campaign advisor Sharon Letman Hicks, federal corruption said Gillum was previously indicted by a federal grand jury on 21 counts for conspiracy, wire fraud and making false statements. Last week, a superseding indictment was filed, which includes two fewer charges of wire fraud against them, making it 19 counts instead of 21, Ooh, according to reports. So this is something else. It's alleged that from 2016 to 2019, Gillum and Letman Hicks conspired to commit wire fraud by un- unlawfully soliciting and obtaining funds from various entities and individuals through false and fraudulent promises. So he's in trouble. This has nothing to do with him being at a sex party with hookers. But think about that. Florida was this close to electing this guy. Okay. And I guess it would have been a year and a half, two years after he won, he was found. Now, would that have happened if he was governor? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But there's this other stuff that seemed to have uh, started in 2016, you know, so you know, Florida got really close. Think about it, Karthik. Florida was just the 30,000 votes away from being a state that probably would have been locked down, shut down, masked, just like New York and California, if Gillum were governor and not Ron DeSantis. So they got very, very lucky. They got very lucky. Um, well, good for them that they didn't have that uh, strict lockdowns, at least, I guess. Um, so uh, what, 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 what else did you want to talk about? I don't know. What, what's on your mind? There are so many things that happened over the weekend. I mean, the things that just stuck out were, you know, the uh, the Chicago violence and the mayor excusing it. And, of course, the the the, the trans bill that uh, Biden says he'll veto when it comes to, you know, men not being allowed to participate in women's sports. But there's oh, a lot yeah, of stuff going on. That thing. Yeah. Oh, did you see the clip of um, Joe Biden, like pushing the uh, UK prime minister? 
because he's he's Indian, the Prime Minister of the UK, and he and he thinks like some white guy is the Prime Minister. It was funny. He pushed him. What did I? Didn't, I didn't see that. Oh, you haven't seen? Okay, so no, so he forgot. So so he was visiting the uh, UK recently, I think like a few days ago. Yeah. And so he was. Put, he went to visit the uh, UK Prime Minister, and, and this guy's Indian. His, his name is uh, Rishi uh, Sunak. Uh huh. But Joe Biden forgot who the Prime Minister was, and he thought it was like the some white guy. Oh really? Yeah, he was. It was just like, like he was just talking like some random white guy, and 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 he like pushed in the clip like he like shoves or pushes the actual prime minister of the UK who's Indian American like me. Oh, okay. I have no, I have no idea. I didn't see that. No, it's one. just, you can just tell the, uh, it's just a sign of his dementia, you know, and, and maybe his inklings that like, Hey, there's no way that a Brown guy could be, um, you know, Oh, I see. Yeah, uh, prime no well, it's probably both, you know, yeah. it's yeah. probably both his dementia right. and his, uh, you know, his, uh, racism. Well, this, I mean, come on, this is a guy who was, you know, calling someone up to the stage that, that, that woman that died in the car crash and about a month later, he's, you know, goes to her district and was calling her up on stage when she had been killed a month earlier. You know, it's, it's, oh, that, yeah, it was like it's, 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 it's really, really embarrassing. Yeah. I remember yeah, that it's, story. It's, 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 it's really embarrassing. But once again, the double standard with all this is that when Trump did something that was made him look kind of old and yeah. whatever it may have been, the media was all over it. All no, over that it. one was really weird because it was like, he's doing a joke. You know, he was like, Oh, Wilma, Wilma, where's Wilma? I, I thought he was like, trying to be funny at first like he was doing a joke it seemed weird that one especially no he wasn't trying to be funny about a woman that just died tragically no, no, no. i know i i know but that's how it came off because he just it seemed he so forgot good. he forgot she had been killed yeah he obviously she was that's dead obvious but no it was just so like uh just so it's not sad but in front of it, it was just so shocking to see it let's say well and it's it's gaff after gaff with this guy but once again he gets excused you know yeah. the media might show it once then they just forget about it when Come on. How, how many times did we see, if you remember that time that Trump was walking down that staircase or it was a platform and oh, it yeah, just rained and he was yeah. simply just holding on so he yeah. didn't slip. And the media said, oh, look at how feeble and disheveled Donald Trump is. Meanwhile, how many times has Joe Biden tripped going up the stairs to Air Force One? There's a couple of times where he's tripped five times in one trip. You know, it's come on. It's it, the double standard is, is just so disgusting in this country. And then someone like Elon Musk calls them out and calls them government-funded media, and they get upset because someone had the balls to finally call them out and uh, tell them what they are, which is exactly what they are. Well, at this point, I, I feel like all the media, like whether it's private or public, should be labeled like state media because because they all pretty much just uh, repeat what what um, the uh, military-industrial complex talking points. You know, like, like they they all because. Because, cause you know how there was that uh, leaker on Discord recently? Yeah, Jack? Like, yeah, no, they all just said the same thing. Like, oh, yeah, we, we shouldn't question, you know, what's in it. You know, they, they were just, like, uh, repeating whatever the uh, Pentagon, the State Department told them to. Like, I, like of course. They always believe that the government says, at this point, I, I feel like all the media, you know. Uh, I, uh, yeah, but I'm glad you brought that up. state media. Well, I was watching the coverage. Uh, on Friday, I, I had talked about the Jack DeShera coverage. And I, I said basically what you just said. Oh, I wasn't but, here. But yeah. Gator called up. He's not here right now. But Gator called in and talked about how he doesn't even believe the story, that there's more to it. That this oh, kid, yeah, I, I agree. Know. It seems weird that like a 21-year-old right, would have right, access to such right. um, sensitive documents. It's, and uh, then I, all, over the weekend, I got to tell you, I turned on Fox News, and many of the people on Fox News were saying the same thing. J- Dan Bongino said, the story seems straightforward, but I, I don't believe it. They, a lot of them, at least. But once again, 
Tucker Carlson had on Glenn Greenwald to talk about it. But if you watch CNN, MSNBC, you're not going to see one person on there talk about how the story might not be the real story that we're getting from the government. None of them. None of yeah. them. Uh, Morning Joe is like the uh, go-to neocon show now. Oh, come on, Joe. That's, that's state-run. Talk about state-funded media, state-run media. Morning Joe is totally state-run media. Yeah, Joe Scarborough. <laughs> yeah, like what, what, whatever the CIA, FBI says or whatever, or cops, they're all like, oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can we have more, sir? Yeah. So at least you get some questioning of authority of government from Fox news and the right, the more conservative leaning news outlets. You won't get any of that from, from no, CNN. I, I, I heard some CNN. of them were still going along with it. Like I, it wasn't like Sean Hannity or uh, Lauren. Grimm. Like, oh, I, I feel like Sean Hannity is like the biggest neocon on Fox. Well, Sean's more of an establishment Republican kind of guy. I mean, yeah, just really, really straightforward Republican, you know, more like, uh, you know, more in the vein of uh, Rush Limbaugh. Wait, Rush you know, Limbaugh. Yeah, he, he's, he's all gone hardcore on, on Ukraine too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's still too much of that. But I, it, at least there was some questioning of the government narrative that this guy, Jack, was what he says. The government sure, yeah. says I, I, I know Tucker sometimes uh, thinks you know. outside the box, which is nice. Yeah, which I don't. Uh, once again, I don't I don't understand the whole idea of this guy, Jack, not being what they say he is and, you know, being more to it, him being maybe a patsy, whatever it may be. I don't totally yeah. understand it. But. What a lot of these conservative pundits are saying, and it makes perfect sense, is, is that you can't, after as much as the government has lied to us, right, about COVID, about lockdowns, about masks, about vaccines, about about uh, Ukraine now, you can't really believe anything they say. You, you know, you can't believe that what they say is exactly what they say it is, and there's no more to the story, that that's just it, case closed. We can't believe that because they've lied to us too much. They've lied to us too much. So, and that's what happens. It's, I've, I've talked about it. It's the boy that cried wolf syndrome. When you've lied that much, there might be, there might be one time where you tell the truth. We're not going to believe you. It's their fault. It's not our fault, man. It's their fault for lying so much. Yeah. Um, well, I know you kind of like RFK, but I, I, I saw a new poll where he's polling at 10%, which is good for a guy that like hasn't had like. Uh, Did you see 10%? So Really? Yeah, I think it was in Pew or one of like the more respected ones. Yeah, which is pretty shocking because like because he hasn't gotten like any attention. You know, I'm I'm inc- I'm I'm incredibly shocked. I have to take a look at that. I can't believe it. I mean, ten yeah, percent for a guy um, running against the incumbent president, and like you said, the guy hasn't even officially announced yet. Well, he he's filed the paperwork, but yeah, right, he hasn't done any no like official yeah. But no, I I think yeah. he said he's going to do like an event in the next two weeks or whatever. So it's it's going to happen. But that's pretty amazing to get 10% already. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, but legally he is running because he did all the FEC stuff. Well, if people can get past his – once again, I hate to be superficial about this Yeah, I know. Things, he has some voice. Condition. But it, it is 2023, and if people can hopefully get past his voice issue. But once again, I mean – these people in the Democratic Party have no problem with Biden's dementia. They have no problem with Fetterman's depression and stroke issues. So oh, yeah, he's still in the hospital. I mean. it, it would be quite hypocritical if a little a little voice impediment made them not want to vote for RFK Jr. You know. Yeah. So, um, we'll like see. I said, I, I'm not going to vote because I'm done with the duopoly. You know. But, yeah. Um, so, so Carlos, you're nice. never going to vote again. You're never no, gonna no, I'm just not going to vote for the you know the two parties. Well, no, obviously I I because you know we live in California, so obviously I I vote each time you know because there's always 
at least a good like one or two ballot propositions. Well, there are um, too many ballot propositions here. There's sure, yeah, but I I think like like usually like there's at least one or two that you know matter. So that's what I usually vote for. Um, but yeah, uh, like I hope RFP gets some traction. And the thing is, in the poll, it said so seventy percent, so about twenty three percent of um of people in the Democratic primary said they had a, a negative opinion of him. Um, but 70% said they either had a positive opinion of him or no opinion of him, which is pretty good because I would feel like he'd get, you know, uh, vilified, you know, because of his vaccine stuff. But he will. The Democrats will do that. Oh, he, yeah. Once, yeah, I know. Once again, if he gains any traction, and as you said in that poll, it looks like he might, the, Demo- the DNC will get their lackeys in the state-run media to put out hit stories about him being an anti-vax nut job. You can't take anything he says seriously. You'll start seeing those yeah. articles written because they, the DNC will make sure that their friends in the media start that campaign for them. So you'll see a lot of that because there's no way in hell the DNC will let him take that nomination from Joe Biden. Yeah. Uh, or Gavin but, Newsom. Uh, or Gavin Newsom. Uh, don't know. worry. G- Gavin Newsom won't be the nominee. Um, uh, are you gonna uh, see? Uh, are you excited for any uh, upcoming movies this year? Like the summer movies or upcoming movies soon? Well, I review movies here every Friday. If you want to listen in, if you uh, have uh, a moment out of your very difficult and uh, you know filled life, you know you you can listen on a Friday. <laughs> You'll hear my really reviews. Friday, man. Like I, I feel like Friday's a day to have fun, not be on Colin. Well, you not know what you could do. Fun. You could go to call in and listen to the replay if you want. You oh, could do that. Fuck. Who the fuck <laughs> listens to call in replays? Like call in's like just something people do live, not like fucking listen to replays. Well, if you're like me and you are a uh, you know, if you're if you're like a, a good self promoter, oh people do listen to mine because yeah, I'm always guess. promoting do live they? shows. Yeah. Do they? Yeah, I, yeah. Yes, they do. No, look I refuse at, to believe that people look actually at the numbers. Look at the numbers, players. baby. Look at my num. My yeah. numbers are great. My numbers are great. Oh, no, dude, do, please do. fucking stop with your Trump imitation, man. You're, <laughs> no, okay. I feel like okay. Ha, have you heard? Uh, uh, it's a good imitation because you knew who I was doing. No, it's okay. I know. I I knew who he was because because of, of the words that you know. Cause well, of, that's that's the part of imitation. <laughs> no, not not because of the voice, just because of the words. But um. But no, I, I fucking hate the Trump imitation though, because because like pretty much like, everybody has one, and they all think they're great, but they all suck. No, all no, fun. listen to me, Karthik. I swear, I swear to you. Have you seen the new guy on SNL? No, I. Uh, okay. who, what's his name? Is I don't he know good his name at is. The He's the guy who took over for uh, Baldwin. He does Trump now. If you go on YouTube, he did one is, two is weeks good? ago. Karthik, it's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, if you I closed think... your eyes, you okay. think Trump was talking. And not only that, but okay. his hand movements, the inflection in his voice, the way he moves his head, everything is absolutely perfect. I don't know who so. it is. But go on YouTube and put in, you know, Donald Trump impersonation SNL. He'll come up. Well, I he did thought, one. Uh, uh, he did Alec one. Baldwin did a terrific job as Trump. Who? Uh, Alec Baldwin. Ah, nothing compared to this guy. No, this I guy he was is fantastic. This and guy I told is. You, in, I, I, think everybody, well, I, I think Jamie Foxx is pretty good, too. Jamie Foxx? Yeah. He does Trump? Yeah, it's really good. You should listen. Yeah, uh, uh, Jimmy played a clip of it on his show. It was fantastic. Oh, I didn't know. But I'm telling you, go, go. I'll tell you what. Do me a favor. Go listen to this guy. Go on the YouTube clip. Then come back on my show later in the week and tell me what you think. Yeah, who knows? I'll probably forget. Oh, Jesus, um, Karthik. But... You are, do, you have, do you have attention deficit disorder? 
No, I, it's just that if I don't want to do something, I don't. I don't. Well, do just it. do it. It's a good impersonation. No, I call into you because it's something I want to do. If I if I didn't want to do it, I wouldn't call in here at all. Oh my god. Um, but so, are there, are there any movies you're excited for? Not just advertising your show. I am. I'm excited for one I'm seeing on Friday, and I'll review it. I'm seeing it Friday, and I'll review it Friday night. It's called Bo is Afraid with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. Well, hope yeah. you enjoy it. Uh, are you going to see uh, Indiana Jones? Uh, of course. Of course. No? Yeah. Are, are you a big Indiana Jones fan? Uh, I'm, I'm not an Indiana Jones fanatic. I like the films, though, and I love Harrison Ford. Are you going to see uh, Mission Impossible? Yeah. You know what? I have to catch up. I haven't seen most of them. I've seen the first one. But okay. I don't think I've seen. I haven't seen the last few. The so. the, the the last the, the sixth one and the fourth one were amazing. The fifth one was okay, but I really like the fourth and the sixth one. And the third one's pretty. You good know, too. Karthik, I have a problem with the idea of these franchises. You know, it's like franchise. I have to watch every single fucking one. You know, it's like, you know, I well, don't no, know. Uh, Hollywood. Well, no, actually, no. You don't have to watch each of them they because be- they're all like separate stories. Yeah, but, yeah, but no, think they're basically just money making operations. These franchises, yeah. you know, so, because it's yeah. like a giant IP, so it's almost like guaranteed to make money. Exactly, it's guaranteed to make money. Yeah, I remember and, when I remember when Friday the Thirteenth was guaranteed to make money. Remember those? I've never seen any of the Friday the Thirteenth ones. I, I'm not really into horror. Oh, okay. Right. You know, you can stream uh, things now. See, uh, Fast yeah. Ten. Who? Fast Ten, Fast Furious. This no, year? I, 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 I don't know. You know, I might. You know, now that I'm reviewing films again, I used to review films a lot, but now that I'm doing it again on Fridays, I'm seeing a lot of stuff I wouldn't normally see. So I, I might see it. I might see it. Well, no, I might see it we... just so I could give you a review. You know, so I can you know do what? you a service, Karthik. Uh, if I see a movie on a Friday, I'll call in so we can talk about it. Okay, maybe we can have an argument about it. Oh, look at you! Well, uh, are you uh, are you Siskel or Ebert? Um, I'm probably too young. <laughs> to, no, I. It's funny is because I was okay. Nobody's gonna believe this, but it's true. When I was 13 and or 14, I used to watch like a bunch of the Cisco and, and Ebert clips on YouTube, not on TV, mm-hmm. but on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And because I love, I've always loved going to the movies theaters. Like I, I oh, go I, as much as I can. Actually, I go like all the time. Too much. Well, probably. I was, but, um, of course, I remember Cisco and Ebert live when it happened because i was i'm older than you and i used to be a fanatic man i used to watch every show uh, every okay. single show and i still um, see some of the clips i like to go back and watch the clips. i, I probably the clips. agreed more with with ebert i guess I, I don't know maybe but it was a time which has passed and we can talk with this another time if you want but it was a time when film criticism was still taken seriously when film critics were taken seriously oh yeah now it's you not know. at all it's like no just, not at all that scene is very biased and shit you um, know when okay. i was growing up karthik i feel like yeah, uh, years, like when, when i was growing up every every television station every newscast would have a film critic a local film critic they don't do it anymore not anymore so okay that's uh, before sad. i go um i, I just want to run through some movies are you are you going to see uh Guardians of the Galaxy 3? Uh, I might. I might. I don't know. Have you seen the other two? I have not. I've seen the fr- uh, You know what I'm going to see? I think I'll see Transformers, the new one. Ugh, Transformers sucks. Okay. Are you, are, are you, are you going to see uh, the, the, the Flash? Why? Who's... Oh, Vlad wants you to take a hike. He says you've out outstayed your welcome today. Vlad, uh, go fuck off. Um, hey! Hey, I'll uh, have none of that. I'll no, I, I, I'm asking you, uh, are you going to see The Flash? I don't know. I'll see as much as I can. I'll let okay. you know. 
I'll see. Well, uh, I promise I'll see. Michael him. Keaton's in it, man. As Batman, he's in the prize. I, I love Michael Keaton. I liked him in the uh, what was the, the movie? Bird the Birdman. Birdman. Yeah. Fantastic. Anyway, Mike. Yeah, I'll uh, see you later. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Karthik. Thanks, Karthik. Okay. Let's go to uh, who are we going to? Vlad. Vlad, are you on? How are hey, you doing? How are you doing, Mike? I I hate to be a bearer go. of bad news, but how the hell do you can stand this guy? I'm serious. Who? You? Uh, Who? No, Karthik. Yeah, like I, I find him. <laughs> you know what? You know what? He, I'll, I'll take a line at a Goodfellas. He's a, he amuses me. He amuses me. <laughs> he does. He amuses me. Seriously, I don't know. It's it's like I I would like to hear some substance from these youngsters. I, I hear him and I listen to him sometimes in in other podcasts. But he has a Rudy and Karthik and. All those youngsters, they lack a lot of content, a lot of content and, the, and a lot of substance. A lot of Well, you know what time. I noticed from Karthik? But I don't want to just pick on him. There's a lot of people yeah. in, in the 20s. They're like, mm. oh, I'm too young to know that. Hello, you have something yeah. that, you know, you and I didn't have back in the 80s and 90s, which is like you can stream anything, anything. Right. Exactly. So you don't have to especially, have been around when especially if you happen to to miss the mic show. Your show, you could go back and listen to that one hour and a half, two hours. I know. You know? I understand there are some people. I'll, I'll be honest, Mike. Whenever I miss something, and I was on the show, right? And I'm yeah. like, what did I tell them? Right. I'll go back and just put it between you and me when we're having that conversation. You know, forget everybody else. I just want to hear the man <laughs> and me. You want to hear it. your voice, Vlad. Yeah, you I want to hear my voice. voice. I'm like, I want to. I want to hear myself. Voice. How logical. How how intelligent and how rational I I, I make myself. So later on, if especially if I have to present them to somebody, I go here on the mic show, download the calling and look for, and look for Mike, and you'll see it. These minutes right here, I spoke for like ten minutes, and I yeah. will tell me if I don't make sense of what I'm talking about. So for you, it's like going through the commercials. Everything else is a commercial. Right? Yeah, everybody else, I mean, that includes Karthik. Go <laughs> f off. That's in my. Well, no, it's true. Don't go waste. Look, you know? most of these shows go 90 <laughs> minutes, two hours. And if you want to hear film reviews, you go to my Friday show. You can fast forward to the final 10, 15 minutes and, and listen to that. It's not a big fucking deal, you know? Exactly. So anyway, I got good news and I got bad news. Go ahead. Give me the good On news. On a good first. note, I was able to hang out with my nephew. We went to, we were at the Wiltshire Theater in Los Angeles. You remember there, Wilshire and uh-huh. Western Avenue? Yeah. Yeah. First time I've been there, and we went to see a group, uh, me- melodic metal called Spirit Box from Victoria, Canada. Okay. Victoria Island. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. I enjoyed it. I had a little episode of the small seats. I guess I was really full of food and, and beer, and and I get claustrophobic kind of thing between squished in between two fat guys. Oh, boy. So, I'm, I mean, I'm a big guy myself. But the whole thing was I, I had to step down, go take a walk, and then go sit somewhere else. Which the lady, you know, helping the aisles, the ushers and all that was very kind. You know, Vlad, uh, that wasn't mm. very woke of you. Fat men? Do you mean men of girth? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not even sensitive to my own kind for crying out loud. <laughs> I should be Come a little on. bit more political. This is what I tell my nephew. This is what it throws me off. Yeah. I tell him, I, I make that joke now that I'm a... What joke? Sorry. Vlad? Man, I go, but you know what? I could own it oh. because I've been there. I'm there right now. And yeah, you know, so it's not like they yeah. say, you've never been fat. You don't know. I do. Here, let me show you the pictures from the last few years. 
you know, something like that. But this is what I'm struggling with, that my nephew is also struggling. Well, he talked to his mother, and since you were talking about the trans issue, LGBTQ sure, earlier, sure. we're kind of finding out that one of our grand, well, it would be supposed to be my grandniece and his niece to him from uh, his sister's side, uh-huh. is, is coming out. Coming out and, what? You mean se- well, yeah, sexual orientation? Or? Yeah, mm-hmm. correct, oh, okay. correct. Okay. Yeah. Look, I'm not saying I don't love her. I love the kid. She's only 21, going to college. But this this has never happened in our family, so it's going to be a new one for us. Yeah, well. And yeah. and she just dyed her hair. I saw her for my birthday in the month of March, so I'm assuming that maybe she's ready to go prime time in the month of June. Could be. Again, normally yeah. I'm the type that sexual libertarian, I can give a rat's ass. Yeah. But when we're talking about a Christian, Christian homes and all that, even though yeah. one is more conservative, the other ones are liberal. I right. still have a hard time with the liberal guy, people because they don't have really no justification. But of course, your sexual urges is one thing. You know what I mean? They're not going to listen to me and tell me, you know, they're most likely going to tell me, show sure. F off or something. So that yeah. is my struggle. All I could do is put it in prayer, care, and love them and be there, even though they know where we stand. The older Gen Xers, like my, myself and my nephew, he's one right. of the last Gen Xers because he's 43. And he, he's like, what do we do? We'll just pray and continue to love her. And just get ready whenever she comes home. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah. I mean, I think, once again, I think in this day and age, everyone just have to act. I mean, it's just every, everything should just blend in. There should be no big deal over it. You know, it should. Exactly. And that's that's true equality. Just like blending in, being one of the, you know, the normal people and and not having to make a case out of everything. Exactly. Everything's just, a case. Just be man. there and be a friend and, and know that there's nothing new and. I mean, there, there's obviously some difference in, from what we know because they're coming out of the closet, you know, like in my niece's case. But the, the thing with her is I called it kind of six years ago when I had a talk with her. Oh, it wasn't okay. too pleasant, but I called it out. Or kind of like prophetic, my nephew told me. And then he called it out uh, when he had a conversation in, in, a, in the family birthdays in February. We were Most of the family was gone. He was cleaning up because he made pizza for us, different variety of pizzas. And they, they, they got into they got into it, but he knows her better than I do. So he has more heart than I do. And he he knows you kind of go more for the jugular compared to me, you know. It's like right. I'll bite you, but he's like you're bite you're biting to kill, like you know that's your attitude sometimes. And I mean I've also seen you know don't overdo it sometimes. And my nephew just confirmed because from what my mom had told him, he was broken up. I was broken up. I was like. I knew we've we've talked all this time about the, this issue that it could come up with any of your children, and now it's happening on your family with your sister. And we've all, always got along, and, and you know we're the kind of family that in Thanksgiving or Christmas we're allowed to be open to talk. We we don't shy away from politics or religion. It's like we kind of talk, to, but we know how to talk about it without getting into it. You know? Wow, you can talk about it without getting into a fight. Yeah, and don't mean when somebody raises the flag and says, "I can't take it anymore. Let's change the topic." We'll go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but this this was a big, and I'm like, you know, the month of June coming around, then the month of October coming out month. So I'm I'm beginning to see her that. She's been hanging out with this girl for the longest, so that's her friend, you know, uh, somebody more experienced in that world and uh, and, uh, likes to mess around with a lot of people. So I just hope she's careful and and 
doesn't get her heart broken. But sometimes, you know, you got to learn the hard way. So. Yeah, of course. But uh, it is what it is. I just wanted to share that, man. I'm not yeah. trying to bash it. You know, it's just family, but it's kind of difficult. Because one thing is when you talk about outsiders out of your clan, out of your family, out of your kin, and this one is more at home. It hits at home. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and stuff like that. But other than that, it was a great concert. Love spending time with my nephew. It's all guys. And you know, when you're with all guys, you're drinking, talking shit, kidding around, checking out acid. And sorry for being politically correct, but you know, we're always looking at the beautiful women and going back and forth and, and, and talking, you know, enjoying the concert like that. You know, in an unpolitically correct, <laughs> unpolitically correct, not politically correct, unpolitically was anyone, correct. Was anyone drinking Bud Light? No, well, no. We stayed away from that shit. Yeah. We didn't know what the hell could happen. I told my nephew, if you, if you go with that, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they'll sell it cheaper than the other brand. But uh, we, yeah. we were banning. We were banning. We were strictly banning. I'm sorry. Uh, until they, until the owner of Anheuser-Busch, the CEO, actually makes a true apology. And his apology is not flatter than a day-old beer. Oh, that, that, you know? that apology was ridiculous. That was yeah. ridiculous. It's like still like trying to defend itself. So now, why don't you talk to people? You know, yes, you could rebranded, put the American flag and say you're patriot. That's not going to cut it. They know what you're about. So why, don't they, be a, why don't they make a product that doesn't taste like piss water first? <clears throat> <laughs> well, well, this is the thing too. Like, this is what I was thinking. The the Dylan Mulvaney thing could have been perfect, but he should have waited to drink. You know, when all the drinks are coming up with their pride flag and all that shit, yeah, you know, Stella Artois, all the press, you know, all the wine companies and shit. I would say save it for them. It would have been perfect time. It's like the president of, of this gal, president of, of marketing, she yeah. did a very stupid move. Knowing this is a very polarized topic, she just said, let's wait for June and we'll have our marks of sales. We'll do yeah. throw freebies, visit everywhere, go evangelize a great drink called Bud Light, whoever wants to drink it. After all, you're supporting the community, right? Well, that would have been the perfect time. I can't believe they hire people like that who have no clue what their demographic is. Well, well, not only that, but look at the shit that she said, that it, it was losing brand. No, it wasn't. There's drinkers and there's drinkers. There's people I, that exactly. Try let, let, exactly. Let, me, let me tell you, I tried two new beers. Uh, they were not, an IPA beer and another one called 805. And you know what? They got me a little bit drunk, but it went away. I know. I, I wanted more, but the freaking, every time we went to the bar, it was like we were dumping between 40 and 50 bucks, you know, for the mm-hmm. shot. Yep. And, you know, it was a big serving, but I was like, oh, fuck, they're not bad. They're delicious. And, and you know, when you're thinking, you're talking, going back, laughing together, and all that, you know, all that goes wasted. Then you're, 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 you're doing it in between shows because there was three bands, you know, the main band of Spirit Bond, uh, right, the main show, right? Uh, and previously there was two other bands and they were all great, but we went to see Spirit Bar, so we didn't want to miss that act. Right. And I had been in a concert a while, so you know, to get to hang out most of the day with my nephew. Do you know that I yeah. have never been to a concert? Really? Yes, I can't believe it. I've been to every, I've been to obviously movies, I've been to theater, I've been to opera, I've been to uh-huh. ballet. Okay. I've never okay. been to a concert. Okay, opera for me maybe two. Uh, back in the early two thousands, I got into the Walt Disney uh, Concert Hall, LA Philharmonic, mm-hmm. and I followed this group from Italy called the Venice Baroque Orchestra. I never followed Dudamel or the guy before him. 
but I followed the Giuliano Carminola, who, who, who's a fiddler from, mm-hmm. from Italy. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And as soon as he stopped coming to LA, it kind of it, it dwindled down. I probably missed a show or two, but I didn't follow him anymore. But I, I follow him, I'm not lying to you, Mike, for at least 14 years. Wow. And when so I, and I, I have a whole collection of his music when solo and when he plays with Venice Baroque Orchestra under Andrea Marcondo. Awesome. I think awesome. I love yeah, I love on. that, but I think the problem I have with concerts is I don't like, especially indoor ones, I don't mm-hmm. like loud music. Okay. Yeah, I've always had a problem. My ears. I you know what I, what I did? Yeah. I, I did what, you know how they tell you, you can't stand the noise, you're old. Well, I just turned 50. I hope I'm not too old yet. But no, the whole not. thing is, I, I, I took, I, I, I took my, uh, my plugs, the ones that I use when I go swimming. Right. But I also took my headset, so it didn't bother me. But of course, if I, the moment they slipped out, oh, I would hear it. And I was like, oh shit, this is too loud. So that's an idea. The, second the idea is to put, the second... you, so you could put earplugs in your ears, right? Yes, yeah. and they give them, they give them to you. They have like a, a little uh, place where you could ask for them. But okay. I, I went prepared. I went prepared. Uh, uh, just in case of anything, I. That's great. That's a way. Maybe, maybe I'll try that sometime. Vlad, let me let you go. Here. I'm going to get Daniel on here. Vlad, thank you for the call. I, I appreciate it My very much. Uh, Daniel, what's up, Daniel? You've never been to a concert. Wow. Well, I just told, I said, why? And Vlad gave me it. That's a great idea is to put just earplugs in because I have a problem with loud music. Yeah, well, so, so do I nowadays, trying to protect my hearing as much as possible. Um, getting on a BART train um, is, is a danger. Going through the uh, the, the uh, trans uh, tube in, uh, through, from uh Oh, that is, let me tell you, let's tell people what it is when you, when you take BART and you go underground between Oakland and San Francisco, you go under the Trans Bay Tunnel, and it is incredibly loud. Now, supposedly, aren't those new cars supposed to be quieter? Yeah, they're supposed to be quieter, and periodically they come along and they straighten the tracks, which makes it immensely quieter. But given that they are in hundreds of millions of dollars worth of debt with respect to the BART budget right now, and desperately trying to figure out a way to uh, close that uh, gap after destroying BART with COVID hysteria, um, they just they don't have any money for doing that. It's been it's been quite a while since I've heard that characteristic decline in bark noise due to the uh, track straightener. Interesting, huh? Yeah, I, I always I remember people would always you know put their fingers in their ears when oh, you're going I through that every, tunnel. Yeah, yeah. Every every day I go through when we go through the Trans Bay tube, and, and I usually crack up when I'm when I think of myself calling it the Trans Bay tube. Um, but. <laughs> There you go. You made it funny. All right. Yeah. And I got that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I plug my ears the whole way through. I, I should, every time I just think, you know, I really should, you know, get some wax earplugs or something and bring them with me so I can just cram them in my ears quickly. But, but I always forget. Um, what the what I really called it to, to, in for was to suggest that you get a, from time to time, you have a guest on. That's um, are, are very informative and had a lot of content. And I was just thinking, you know, I think Ricky Wynn would be a great guest. Do, do you know Ricky from Twitter? No. Ricky's a, a um, I guess he calls himself an activist um, in uh, the missionary of San Francisco mm-hmm. and is fighting to, to get, you know, get drug dealers and drug users off the street. And he's he may have been an addict once 
upon a time. I'm not sure. Is he the big? This. Is he the big muscular guy with tattoos? He's got tattoos. He's um, Hispanic. He usually yes. wears sunglasses. Yeah, he's been on Fox a couple of times because of yeah. his videos. Yes. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. He's. I think he. He. I think you could get him on on the show, and I think he'd be uh, really informative from a uh, from a street level um, sort yeah. of perspective. Oh, that's a great idea. I've seen his videos. I've seen his yeah. videos. He did that very famous video about a month or two ago where he, he showed all those homeless people where the kids were going on the school bus. Right. Right. Yeah, yep. yeah. And the kids that had to walk by users, people that are using right on the street. Yeah. 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 It's um, it's I keep on thinking that um, it couldn't get any worse. And every single day I'm amazed in San Francisco. It has been getting steadily worse, mm-hmm. steadily worse. I mean, I just just seen the most bizarre shit today. I post posted someone on Twitter, um, domestic who was on a while ago on the on your show, um, posted uh, something. Or domestic still on. Um, he posted a a, a um, photo of uh, a very progressive. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a very progressive uh, resident of, of, of San Francisco um, t- taking a snooze in a doorway someplace. And, uh, and, and I one-upped him um, with a, um, a, uh, a nodder, is I guess what you call them, uh, people that abuse fentanyl in particular because it's just so damn strong. Um, they, they, they nod a lot. And, and by nodding, that means that they kind of lose consciousness temporarily. It's, it's, yes. Um, and yes. when they do this, they bend over at the waist. Yes, they do. And mm-hmm. and, and they will they can maintain balance mm. with they they don't even know that they're maintaining balance when they're bent over at the waist like this for, for long periods of time. And I think they end up um damaging their spine. I'm not sure if how much of this is permanent, but you will see them walking, you know, ni- bent at ninety degrees from the waist, walking yeah. down the street. And that's what I caught t- today on Van Ness Avenue was a, a nodder um, just walking d- d- down uh, Van Ness. Um, well, a number of people caught him on, t- on Twitter. He's got his pants halfway down to his ankles and he's just walking along Van Ness nodding. And yeah, uh, yeah it's quite a sight. Unfortunately, somebody... that position you talk about is often how parents find their children dead when they die of fentanyl poisoning. Yeah. They end up dead in that folded position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but 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 not upright. Yeah, the, the, the nodders that are upright. It's it's truly an amazing thing to see. They're literally bent over ninety degrees at the waist, and they walk like that. And some of them are permanently like that because they've been using for so long. It appears that they're permanently that way anyway because they're walking around like that even when they're not high. So the, the, the two to four hours between that they they need their fix. So they're walking around like that still. And you yeah. can see this. You can see this a lot down on the civic center area before they uh, clean that up. Um, but all they all the, all they've done is move the problem around to other parts of San Francisco, and, and it's they've really um, by by getting rid of the um, concentrated area around the civic center, they've just spread it out all over the entire city. Yeah, and these these Democrats who are gaslighting, who are trying to pretend that crime is just as bad in Republican cities and not worse. I wonder if they're <laughs> going to extend that to fentanyl. Addiction and poisoning, also. Yeah, I don't. What about, what about homelessness place... and 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 uh, homeless tents and camps? Are they just as bad in Republican-run cities? Yeah, These people yeah, are I, so full of shit. They really are. I can't believe that there is any place on earth that is as bad as San, San Francisco when it comes to fentanyl abuse. I simply can't. I, I haven't seen it. I haven't, I haven't seen any uh, 
any any media reporting on it. I haven't seen anybody in, in Twitter reporting about any place that's as near as bad as San Francisco. I mean, this beautiful city, they are just letting go to shit. Uh, because of because they just can't go back on their wokeness ideology. I mean, right. Jesus Christ, you guys here in San Francisco, your utopia is fucked up, guys. It's, there's no utopia here. I mean, it's it, once again. That's that's what I mean. <laughs> no, I, I know there, this there is, the, mo- this is cla- the most fucked up utopia. Of all I have times. found two classes of people here, and they're both in denial in different ways. Right? You have the wealthy tech people, right, who isolate themselves, right? They live in these luxury condos that are very well guarded. And they come out of their luxury condo and they go into an Uber or Lyft and they take that to the expensive restaurant. Then they go in an Uber Lyft and they take that to the nightclub. Then they get an Uber and Lyft. They take that back to their luxury condo. So they are totally out of it when it comes to actually having to deal, most of them having to deal with all this stuff. Then there's the other element which are people who have lived here their whole lives, either born here or lived here for you know decades, who refuse to acknowledge that their city's gone to shit, right? And they'll say the most bat crap, stupid shit, like, "Well, you know, violence is uh, cyclical. It's cyclical. If you were here in the seventies, you you saw how bad it was with crime." And blah, blah. So these same liberals. These same lifelong provincial San Francisco's who have never lived anywhere else to compare and contrast what a what a nice city is, what a livable city is compared to this place. You know, their their idea of knowing the way things are other places is a week in Maui. That doesn't really qualify. Okay, I've lived in many places, so I know what a nice city is and what a shithole is. I can tell the difference because I've lived in different places. But these people who are so provincial and they say these stupid things like, well, it's cyclical. Then you'll talk to them. You'll go, okay, 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 shit lib. Okay, so crime is cyclical, huh? How about climate? Is climate cyclical? Is climate cyclical? So they want us to go back 30, 40 years when it comes to comparing the way crime is now to what it was back then. And the show goes in cycles, but they don't want to even think about the fact that climate is also cyclical. Dry periods, wet periods, periods with a lot of tornadoes, periods with a lot of hurricanes then cold periods and warm periods and ice ages and melting and polar ice caps they don't want to talk about all that stuff they'll just say oh no there's been a lot of really bad storms in the last two and a half years and that proves that proves that the earth is going to be ending in 10 years every 10 years they say the same thing oh 10 years from now we're go- there'll be no earth they'll be they've said 10 years every 10 years for the past 50 fucking years yet these same people who will say crime is cyclical, will never for a second think to comprehend that, you know, maybe climate is uh, cyclical also. But the fact of the matter is, it's such a piss poor excuse, right, to say, well, it was bad in the 70s. First of all, it doesn't compare. If you look at periods of crime, and as I spoke about earlier in this show, I was in New York in the 90s. There have been periods of crime in the 70s, then in the 90s, and now. But you can't compare one thing in particular, which is this incredible disregard for human life. The type of crime is getting worse, Daniel. That's the problem. Of course, we know homelessness has gotten a lot worse. Homeless people have gotten worse. You know, the left used to say, they used to love to say, well, but the homeless are peaceful. They're the ones who were picked on. 
They're the ones who are victims of crime. And that was true, but not anymore. Now, the homeless people are the ones who are committing crimes. They're the ones who are yelling at people, getting violent. They're the ones who are schizophrenic and, and, uh, and you know, hurt people like, like the schizophrenic guy that went after me. So it's getting worse. The type of crime is getting worse. The total disregard for human life is getting worse. If you look at films from the 70s and you look at films that took place in San Francisco or New York when there might have been, you know, a spike in crime, Daniel, you know this and anyone with a brain knows this. It looks fucking nostalgic compared to now. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up in the Bay Area. I've only been outside of California for 10 years of my life, and most of my life has been spent in the Bay Area. Um, I know very well what San Francisco has looked like through the years because I'd spent enormous amounts of time here when I, when I was from my teen years, from the time that we could first hop on BART and get here. Um, or, and then when, then when some of us uh, got licenses, we would drive here. I mean, we, we've seen the, seen the city through the years, and... There's just never, ever, ever, ever been anything like this. In the 70s, this, this city was, was clean as a whistle. I mean, you, you know, I never, ever saw a drug, I never saw an addict using on the street in the 70s. Never. Not one single time. Right. And, and right. you know what else is cyclical? Menses. But uh, the woke in, 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 in San Francisco <laughs> think that men can, can, can menstruate. So, you know, so it shows, shows, shows how screwed up their, their cyclical argument is. It's true. It's true. Oh, my goodness. But it's, uh, it's so narrow-minded to say. But, you know, once again, the reason why these people who are – and when I say lifelong San Franciscans, I might as well be saying – lifelong liberals, lifelong Democrats. They simply don't want to admit that the people they keep electing are the reason why things are getting worse and worse, because then they'd have to take some responsibility for the people who they vote for. They are voting for these people, okay? People in Chicago voted for Lori Lightfoot 2.0, okay? And they don't want to take any responsibility for it. So they keep saying, oh, no, no, no. It's like this in Republican cities. Oh, it's a Trump's fault. Oh, it's Elon Musk's fault. They don't want to say it has gotten bad under Democratic rule because they are the ones who have allowed these Democrats to rule. You see, it all yeah, comes they, to they, not they, taking any personal responsibility. They've gone through their entire lives thinking, if only, if only, if only we could create this liberal utopia, everyone would see how yes, superior yes. we are in our right. wisdom. And here we go. We've got their utopia. And your utopia is the worst fucking utopia I've ever seen, Wokies. You know what? I was thinking about this over the weekend because, like I said, I think about these things because I have no actual life. And so I was thinking about the liberal utopia and the, and the, the liberal mindset. And liberals in general, they have a problem with this. They, they create this world that they want to exist. This perfect world that they want to exist is never reality, okay? They, they can't deal with the real world and the way things actually are. They're constantly living in the world that they want, the perfect world that they want to exist. And they can't seem to come to grips with the way things actually are. 
right? Or, or they can't come to the grips, or maybe they just don't understand, or maybe they just don't have an ex- experience to understand that there's reciprocity everywhere in this universe. And right. they may want good certain point. things, and they may view those as good, but getting those things often requires a re- some reciprocal variable to change in, in their world that they don't want. And they aren't. And, you know, that's part of wisdom is understanding that this reciprocity exists well, in nature in our lives and, and, and that it's tough to make these decisions when you right. recognize this reciprocity. Let me just I'll, I'll take something. For, so someone, someone might be saying, well, Mike, give us an example of what you're talking about. OK, I'll, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. It's very recent. It's the electric car thing. It's the liberal world. They want to live in a world where there are no gas cars. Right. Well, we're not reliant on gas. So they want to live in the world of all electric cars. Yet they are pushing this on a on a reality where that can't exist. OK, electric cars are 20 to 50 percent more expensive than gas cars. Right. The batteries that are made in electric cars are made by China. So we're more reliant on China to get those batteries. OK, uh, there aren't enough charging stations there were charging stations in rest stops where people have to wait 15 20 minutes for the next guy that's if there isn't a line of people waiting you have to wait 15 20 minutes for every single person who's in a line to get their their car recharged we're finding that the recharging is is almost as expensive now as the gas so in the real world we can't have like joe biden the dementia ridden president believes we can have and Gavin Newsom, the hair Joe King of California, believes we can have all electric cars in 10 years, okay? A decade from now, everyone's going to have an electric car. This is just not reality. It's like their obsession with getting rid of gas stoves in the next five years. So this is the world they want to exist. And a lot of people, even conservatives, will say, yes, great. These are, these are good goals half century down the line. They are not realistic goals over the next five to 10 years. You're not living in the world world. You're living in the world you want to exist. And you're pushing that alternate reality on everyone else, right? The, this, this reality that just cannot exist in the time period you want it to exist in. You're trying to force that on everyone else. So yeah. there's one example right there. Well, there's, 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 there's numerous, numerous, numerous examples. Yes, of, but that's just a recent uh, one that we're hearing yeah, about yeah. a lot. Well, we've, we've, got a, we've got a lot of long-standing ones um, in, in it, um, that are out there. And, and it has to do, and, and, and many of those um, reciprocal relationships have called the, caused the dissolution of our families over the last 40 years. I mean, everyone, th- everyone thought, you know, it, it's um, great for women to be joining the workforce, et cetera, et cetera. And... Uh, and, and they have equality with respect to men. Well, well you know, except for the vote, women mm-hmm. have always had equality with respect mm-hmm. to, to men. So, so they got that. So, so now you, the women are are being forced to 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 go out and work, which which the women with children, and 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 now we we you know as a reciprocal um, relationship we're seeing the dissolution of families that we don't have women that are supervising their children's growth and their education and their their social maturation and we have just tremendous problems with our youth we have uh, happiness levels especially among women have been declining steadily over the last 40 years 
Right. Men too, men too, but nowhere near as bad as women. Isn't that ironic? Given that, according to feminists, um, we've never been in a, in a period in which women had more rights, so-called rights. It's not that they have rights. It's not that they have more rights. The only right they ever lacked was the right to vote. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a big history behind that as well. But um, right, right now, they're living in, in a world that, that they, I don't think they, most women would really choose for, for themselves. And, no. and this, this, isn't, this isn't, if anyone out there is, is interpreting this in mis- misogyny, you know, good luck with that. Um, this, this, is about, <laughs> this is about women being happy. I, I would love women to be happy by whatever means they, they can find their happiness. But it simply isn't working. And we can see that in the statistics. It is not working. Women are increasingly more and more unhappy. And that was a result of so-called feminism. So lots of us thought feminism, great thing. Um, uh, 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 women should have equal rights, blah, blah, blah. But what's the downside? Of it? What's that reciprocal relationship that, that, that everyone, everyone that's wise should be aware of and cognizant of and trying to thread that needle so, 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 so that the reciprocal relationship that everyone is ignoring doesn't overtake us. And that reciprocal relationship was the dis- dissolution of the family in this case. And we have just numerous, numerous um, examples of this, both on the right and the left, where people just do not recognize the, the, the get stuck <laughs> in idealized mindset. And they just, they, they have to, they, in, in order to defend their idealism, they just have to put these blinkers on and these blinders on and just disregard the rest of the universe as, as, as though it, it, it's not going to interact with your ideal system. Well, and what's so amusing in a way about all this is that that was a big that was the big marginalized group for a while. Right. Women and feminism was the big thing. And, and, and let's say if Joe Biden existed 30 years ago, he'd be this big feminist president. Right. Feminism was the big fight. The marginalized group were women. Now, all of a sudden, they don't care. They don't care about women anymore. Right. He's going to veto a bill that no, protects men, women. Men are the new women. Mike. Well, no. The the trans group is the new marginalized group du jour. And Democrats loved the marginalized group du jour. Now their rights trump, if you will, the rights of women. It's amazing how they don't care about women's rights anymore. Whoever thought, if I told you 30, 40 years ago, if I told you in the 70s or 80s that there'll be a time in the near future where a Democratic president was going to veto a bill that protects women's rights, you'd say, oh, Mike. You're crazy. Uh, no. Get, you mean a you mean a Republican president, right? No, no, no. A Democrat nope. president. <laughs> that's that's why we call them illiberals. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it, it's just playing to like I say the marginalized group du jour who's getting all of the publicity in the in the state run state owned government funded media. That's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. And of course, Joe Biden has no balls, has no actual courage. So. He can't. I mean, and what courage will it take? What courage would it take to side with the 50 percent over the one half of one percent? That doesn't even take any real courage. It just takes fucking common sense. Well, don't expect any common sense from from the illiberals. And um, they they seem to enjoy flaunting their their their. um, what should we call it? Dis- disapproval um, uh, of common sense, because they, 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 they know it pisses 
everyone else off and it pisses conservatives off. And I really don't count myself as a conservative. Um, uh, I, I'm just a, as, as far as uh, voter affiliation, I'm an independent now. And um, there's, they just seem to enjoy um, getting a rise out of the right. And they, so they just, <laughs> they'll just say the bizarre shit. They'll just do the bizarre shit just to get a rise out of people. And I don't think Biden is, <laughs> is above any of that. I mean, look what he did. He had actual interview with Dylan Mulvaney. <laughs> I mean, I know. You, I know. Can you imagine I know. even five years ago, a no. president doing something as as utterly preposterous as that? Yeah, it is. And it, once again, it really proves that the extreme, the extreme illiter- illiberal left has taken over the Democratic Party. Yeah, and they're all about sticking their finger in, in the in the eye of the right. And, and you know, that's dangerous. That's really dangerous. Oh, yeah, it is. Too. It is. <laughs> Because they're not going to always be in power. It can flip really quickly. We see it you know, happen. Yeah, that, that's why I don't understand all this you know, hubbub about, you know, oh, Biden's going to try to make it so by 2032, everyone has an electric car and gas stoves are gone in five years. Well, why the next president, if it's Ron DeSantis, he can nix all that stuff. So I don't. I don't. Do people think Joe Biden's going to be president for the next ten years? Yeah, any, any executive order can can be eliminated um, just as fast as it was instituted. Of course, and of course. It's, so it's it's really a ridiculous way to um, make pseudo law in our country. Um, it's so unstable. It's not creating a robust robust system. That is, it's not creating a fault tolerant system, which is what any um, strong lasting. Uh, system needs and that's what we need as the government is a robust system uh, uh, exactly so, so it is um it's very short-sighted um mm-hmm. it, and and i i just wish that they would um wise up but but they won't, and, they won't. because no. wis- wisdom isn't their gig these days um mm-hmm. poke, poking the right in the eye um, is is their gig, um, but the the main reason I call was just to suggest um, Rick, Ricky Wynn, great guest, and uh, so I think I'm going to abruptly <laughs> sign off. Right Go now. ahead, Daniel. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks. Thanks. and, and so it's a good idea. I'll, I'll work on that. Uh, I'll have my producer work on it. In other words, me. Uh, what else? Well. Ron DeSantis is now pushing the death penalty for child rapists. So Ron DeSantis is pushing the death penalty for child rapists. What do you think about that? What do I think about it? Well, you know what? You're going to have to wait till tomorrow. Do you have to wait till tomorrow? <laughs> because I'm ending the show. But tomorrow we'll talk about that and other stuff. And if you want to hear what I think about this, and if you want me to hear what you have to think about it, you'll have to tune in tomorrow. Okay. Um, I want to remind everyone that the name of this show is and let's be heard and it airs weeknights starting at 11 p.m pacific 2 a.m eastern time all right so i'll be right back here tomorrow night we'll talk about more stuff more stuff but until then i do want to remind you that your well this is mike atropoli reminding you that your influence counts use it <laughs>